We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening in to another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business are the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have 5, 10, 15 seconds to spare, please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M and Titan Travis on Clubhouse. If you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show about the journey of the best football players and prospects from their journey as a college football recruit all the way to the end of their NFL career and the discussion as to whether they should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We always talk about some fantasy football since this is a Road of His Radio podcast, but we also make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And on this very special episode, I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Stefan Leco. You can find him on Twitter at Stefan Leco. Uh, he is the host of the Rotoviz College Football Show uh, on the Debbie team over at Rotoviz, uh, doing all sorts of fun things, and just a really great guy to talk to. Uh, so, w- welcome back to the show, man. I think uh, you're basically the uh, unofficial co-host at this point. I think you've been on the show. <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah, you've been on. I think this is probably your eighth episode, maybe uh, out of like Something fifty. Like that. So. <laughs> This is a good run. Welcome yeah. back. Yeah, it's always fun. It's always fun to talk football with you, man. It's uh, it it's really good because you bring so much data and research to your work and just logic as well. And it's just fun talking football yeah. with you. So I love I love joining you. Yeah, my middle name is actually Spock. So just <laughs> there you yeah, go. That's it. But uh, yeah, so we you know when we I don't know if, uh, for the OG. 
uh, College of Canton listeners. We actually kicked off this show last June uh, with a uh, basically a series, actually, of uh, this discussion as to the NFL University, like which which college universities send the most and best and uh, whatever uh, players to the NFL at different positions and, and fantasy relevant positions. Like we, we actually dedicated, we had a, a running back episode, wide receiver episode and a quarterbacks and tight ends episode. But now on, on, on this special episode, I don't know, Stefan, I think you did the wide receiver one last year, didn't you? I did the running back one with running you. back. Okay. Matt did the wide receiver. That's yeah. what it was. But uh, yeah, so we're actually going to do the whole thing that we're going to cover every position on one show. So lots of goodness. We're going to, we're not even going to mess around. We're going to jump in right away, but just to kind of recap what this is, we're looking to answer the question, who is the real NFL university? And if you follow me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M, you might already know the answer, but we're talking about in terms of fantasy production and in terms of draft cap, like what like there's several ways to to measure this but like you know there's other questions like well since when travis because like it it fluctuates up and down like alabama is the running back university now but who was it 15 years ago and so we'll get into those discussions and, and tackle this question who is the real nfl university from a few different angles and talk about some players on those teams now that uh, are, are going to put their university in good position to continue dominance as the reigning NFL university. And there's tons of schools to talk about. Really, there's probably only four or five that really are even in the conversation. But there's there's tons of fun to, to, uh, debate to be had. And uh, I'll try to limit Stefan's talking about Oregon too much. But uh, oh my God. <laughs> but we'll, <laughs> well, we'll jump in. We can't talk about them at all. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Let's kick. You know what? We're going to start there. We're going to let you uh, cry, maybe, I guess, about the yeah. Oregon wide receivers first and get it out of the way and then go to the good schools. How about that? Yeah, no, that works. No, um, we've <laughs> talked about it so many times. Like, Oregon just does not produce um, NFL talent at the wide receiver position. And, and even, like, outside of just three or maybe four running backs, they haven't produced much at all. So these conversations don't don't allow us to talk about Oregon very much at all. But that's okay because um, back in my uh, – back in the heyday, I was a uh, kind of a bandwagon Hurricane fan. So I did get to enjoy watching Miami uh, roll and uh, always enjoy, like, the Miami-Florida State rivalry games and stuff like that. So, like, when, like, the wide left or wide right stuff was going on, like, for, like, three <laughs> or four years in a row, like, yes. I was right there living it. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. um, so, we all have some relevant stuff to talk about outside of Oregon. Oh, yeah. Well, that's good. Well, let's kick it off. And I know I'm supposed to, uh, you know, like, wait to the very end to do the big reveal of, like, who the real NFL university is. But your other team... I mean, I don't even care because like this is going to surprise most people and we can we can break this down about how this happened. But really, when it comes to fantasy point production and real NFL production from quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers and tight ends, your other team that you have rooted for forever is is Miami and Miami crushes all schools. When you look back from. 2000 all the way through through the end of last season to 2020 like they have been killing every single other school well, more than 9000 fantasy points in in terms of a lead on every other school 
in the country still even today even even though the, their heyday is long since gone and their production guest has been fading uh, they still are sitting up at like over 30,000 fantasy points from quarterbacks running backs wide receivers and tight ends since the year 2000 which is insane like does that I mean when I say 30 it's like over 32,000 fantasy points how, how many do you think Stefan Alabama has per se you know like because they've been dom- dominating for like a decade right Right, they've yeah, got to be close, but, right? Like, how many? How many do you think they have? I'm gonna say less than half of that. You are absolutely right, sir. They've got like just under fifteen thousand fantasy points. Yeah, Is and it, the only reason I guess that, well, for one, I cheated and listened to your episode with John last week. Yes, but, <laughs> but also, but also, like, if you think about where their production has come from, like, they haven't had many elite quarterbacks. No, they haven't, they haven't. had for the beginning of the century or millennia whatever we call that <laughs> both yeah. i guess yeah um they hadn't had wide receivers until recently so like you're talking mm-hmm. about a handful of running backs that you're asking to carry the load um so yeah it's a big difference and what's crazy about miami too uh like you talk about like all the positions but they haven't had many quarterbacks contributing to these points either in this time period no. it's all coming from those other positions it's just wild Yep. I will say Alabama is trending in the direction of taking over the mantle and, and holding it for uh, forever. But, <laughs> right. but they still have a long ways to go. In fact, just last year, 2020, and, and this speaks to how much they've just been hitting in terms of draft capital uh, just consistently lately. But last year, 2020, marked the second most fantasy points scored by any university since 2000. And that was Alabama. They had over 2,000 fantasy points just last year from their quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. And that looks like it's going to continue, like especially when you add a first-round quarterback into the mix or two in the past two years. Like it's it's going to start to pile up unless they completely bust and wash out because they have all these running backs, all these wide receivers coming in, and they've had two seasons in a row now with about 2,000 fantasy points or more. So they have two top 10 all-time seasons in just the past two years. So I know that's that's fresh on everyone's mind. That's the recency bias feeding into uh, what we think is, is the truth. Uh, but the truth of the matter is also that Oklahoma should be there right with Alabama as well, thanks to all their quarterbacks too. Like, uh, that's that's another school I think a lot of people will say, well, what about all these quarterbacks coming in, Travis? It's true. because like they have two yeah. seasons last year and 2019, both over 1,900 fantasy points. Both of those seasons in 2019 and 2020 for Oklahoma were top, tw- top 20 seasons all time by any school since the year 2000 in terms of fantasy points from all the positions that are relevant to us nerds today. So it, those two schools are right neck and neck because if you look at the last two seasons, Alabama is just over 4,200 fantasy points and uh, Oklahoma is just over 3,800 fantasy points. And then there's a huge gap really uh, from, from them to any other school, even even when you throw like Clemson's in, into the mix and other, other things like that. It's, it's pretty much those two guys up there by themselves. Like Clemson is actually not even at 2,800. Like I know a lot of people talk about their wide receivers and everything. And they'll get there, like with Trevor Lawrence and uh, my my dude DJ Uyunglele coming through That's here right. soon. But uh, like, who, who else comes to mind among like the top NFL universities that people would probably throw in the hat for? For for right now, I, I, I yeah, think you know, for like right it's, now, it's it's the it's the schools that are crushing recruiting. Like uh, Matt and I just dropped a podcast where we were talking about recruiting, and you know, yeah. we were talking about how like 
there's really been this, you know, the rich getting richer. So it's your oh, Georgia's, yeah. it's your, like you said, Clemson, LSU, um, Ohio State. Like those are the teams that really come to mind because they just keep winning the recruiting battles every single time. It feels like when so when some when, when one of these graduates is choosing between two schools, like you're going to choose Penn State or Ohio State. You're going to choose Ohio State if you have the option. So um, you really see these this kind of clustering of talent. Now oh, yeah. a lot of these guys might end up transferring, but yeah, and Ohio State that's an interesting one because like overall uh, since 2000 they're actually eighth. I believe, uh, in terms of fantasy points from all their positions. But if you look at the wide receiver production that they've just constantly churned out uh, since the year 2000, like that's that's what everyone thinks of when they think about wide, rec- uh, wide receiver or Ohio State players uh, since the year 2000. Like, Who are some names that come to mind for you for Ohio State, like just off the top of your head? Well, I mean, just because he broke my little Oregon heart, like the, from a running back spot, like Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott just, you know, that's a heartbreaker for me. Yeah. Uh, so, so he, he, or no, sorry, it was Carlos Hyde, not, not Zeke. Yeah. Uh, it was Carlos Hyde that gashed us to pieces. So uh, yeah. So I, I think actually like more recently about the running backs that have come through there just in like the last few years, like since Zeke and Hyde and, and oh, you those don't think guys. About Ted Ginn. <laughs> yeah, dude. Ted Ginn was awesome. I, I was oh a big Ted Ginn fan though. Yeah. Um, Michael Thomas course, though. He's not dead. No. And even like a dude, like we were talking about like, the difference between a hit for fantasy and a hit mm-hmm. for the NFL, but he only flashed for one year, but Terrell Pryor, man, remember that one year where he just put up, like, I think he, like I'm looking at your number here. He put up 213 points. Like he, mm-hmm. uh, he had an awesome year that one year. And uh, I think the switch to wide receiver was interesting. Maybe it would have been better to happen earlier, but you got still players in the league that could really contribute to these numbers. Like, like we see Curtis Samuel now being used in a more dynamic way. Now he's switching teams. He could continue to produce for, for quite a long time. So these, uh, the guy like Paris Campbell. Yeah. We could see healthy finally. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. And uh, even, I think a bunch of guys that people forget about, like Joey Galloway was an Ohio state guy that put up points for forever back in the day. Santonio Holmes was a a guy who was a, a huge hit. For a long time, even uh, early 2000s. You remember, you remember uh, Michael Jenkins? Yeah. Yeah, dude. And even the wide receivers coach, the big time recruiter for Ohio State that's been a huge part in, in stacking up their wide receiver room and making them what they are today, Brian Hartline. Uh, like he right. was an Ohio State guy who actually had one season with like over 200 PPR. So, like, they've had a bunch of guys that weren't like the top, like, take the top off, like, just Hall of Fame types. But they've had a bunch of guys that got, got draft capital and a bunch of guys that contributed for a very long time. I think most recently people think about LSU. But seriously, since 2000, Ohio State has had 12 wide receivers selected in the top 100. And the only school with more wide receivers taken in the top 100 picks is LSU. And that's like 14 or 15. So, yeah, it's it's basically when it comes to the wide receiver you debate, it starts with those two schools and then it goes down from there. But let's back up for a second and talk about the QB, QB university debate uh, and we'll go down position by position and uh, what comes to mind uh, for you in terms of the quarterback you debate. Because we're working with some small sample sizes when it comes to quarterbacks, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> it's because the good ones stick around forever. Yeah, the good ones stick around forever. And the, the, even the best programs don't even have 10 quarterbacks selected in the top 100 picks in the past 20 plus years. Like, 
in terms of draft capital, the number one school is USC. And it's actually not close. It's like they've had four first round quarterbacks and seven top 100 uh, quarterbacks overall. And they've consistently been inside the top 10 in fantasy points from the quarterback position in basically every window that you want to look. Like since 2000, fourth. Since 2010, fifth. Since 2015, even ninth. So they need a little boost to stay inside that uh, inside that top ten. But if Keaton Slovis gets drafted next year, they could get some more ammo. If Sam Darnold hits for the Panthers, they could get some more ammo and, and have some uh, some fantasy points, some fantasy life there. Uh, but who's the quarterback you for you right now? Uh, like recent, like talking like more more recent. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean to me, it's got to be it's got to be Oklahoma. I mean oh, just. Yeah. Like having the back to back, you know, to back, you know, first round, well, I guess it was back to back first round picks. Then Jalen Hurts went er- way earlier than everyone expected. So you've got Kyler, Baker, and and Hurts all sitting there fairly recently. I mean, we're talking just like the last few years that these guys have made their entrance. Um, I think Baker was what, 2018 with his, was his first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next year, Kyler came in and the next year, uh, Hurts came in. So to me, Recent, like from just looking at what's taken place recently, that's the school that I that I'm gonna look at as like QBU. Oh, yeah. um, obviously, looking back at a longer sample size, like looking back at you know putting more years together, it's gonna be a little bit different because before those guys, I mean, you had Sam Bradford, but that was about it for sure. And listeners, feel free, free uh, feel free to play along with these little trivia questions as as I'm going here, but. Uh, where do you think Stefan Oklahoma actually ranks all time, at least since 2000 in terms of fantasy points from the quarterback position? Oof. I mean, those got, like I said, I don't know if there's been much, I'm going to say like 12, 12 is, is your answer. Final answer. Oh, now I feel like I'm way too high. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? It is 23rd. They are 23rd actually since the year 2000 because what what's funny about Oklahoma is that uh how many uh, even even more fun question how many fantasy points do you think were scored by Oklahoma quarterbacks in between the year 2000 and the year 2009 so that's like pretty Ten much years. just the full decade just but just, that's pretty much just Sam Bradford though right actually it's um, not even him that that predates uh, him barely did he, oh man um I'm gonna go with like 800. The answer is it, the actually and yeah, the actual answer is zero. Oh my god! <laughs> and that's why they're 23rd in in this like 21 year span since 2000 because they had nothing, absolutely zero, prior to basically I, Sam Bradford coming in. I thought I was being hyperbolic when I said they had no one really before Sam Bradford, nope. but I was being literal and I didn't know. It. Oh yeah, <laughs> quite literal. In fact, any anybody in like the top 30 uh, at least has somebody. Except Oklahoma is a zero. Wow! And then you compare that with what they've been doing in the past five, ten years, like bringing in first, you know, first round draft picks, and even like finding a hit with Jalen Hurts, who I guess is kind of Alabama slash Oklahoma, but he graduated Oklahoma, left Oklahoma. Uh, so really, if you look at Oklahoma quarterbacks in the past few years, it's basically one of the most productive spans ever. And in fact, last year in 2020, they had over 800 fantasy points scored from their quarterbacks. No other university in any year since 2000 has had that many fantasy points scored as Oklahoma did just last year. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So Oklahoma is clearly the reigning champion right now. But seriously, since 2000, they're still 23rd. But if you zoom in, look at since 2010, they're actually 11th. Since 2015, they're 4th. 
And as of next year, they'll probably uh, since they'll probably take the lead in that since 2015 rank, unless uh, Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff can hold them off for just a little bit longer. And I, I did right. not mean to rhyme there, by the way, but I did. <laughs> so, so wait, the, the dude was it Jason White? Was he the guy who won the Heisman for Oklahoma? Yeah, I can't remember when that when that was. I know he didn't get. But he drafted, was in the running, but, but I knew he. I know he didn't get drafted, but I know he ended up with a team. I guess he just never even threw a pass in the NFL. That's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I feel like an idiot. No, no, it's 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 funny, like because like. I wouldn't have known that unless I had a giant spreadsheet that told me so. So, <laughs> so yeah. I'm cheating. Like I've got all the answers in front of me. I've got the answer sheet. But seriously, California, though, is the sleeper uh, for most people. Because every time I ask this question on Twitter or on a podcast or anywhere, like I'm talking about like, who's the quarterback you? Like nobody is like, oh, obviously California. But when you think about it, they've had some really good production over the past several years. And from guys like, Basically, just Aaron Rodgers, and basically, you know, you got Jared Goff and and then Kyle Bowler for a hot second. Yeah, but yeah. it's those three. But if you put those three careers together, it's quite ridiculous. It's over sixty five hundred fantasy points between just those three quarterbacks. Uh, so they're actually number one in fantasy points scored from the quarterback position since two thousand ten, thanks to yeah. Mister Rodgers himself, uh, mainly because he had that, you know. Five of six years having at least 340 fantasy points in a row. So yeah, yeah, kind of a ridiculous run. And even last year, if you look at Goff and and Rodgers together, having two solid producing quarterbacks definitely buoys the production. But they had over 700 fantasy points between them last year. So California is surprisingly uh, up there in the QBU conversation, but they've only had three like top 100 quarterbacks selected in the past 21 years. So it's kind of hard to say that they're the real quarterback you when they've only had three top 100 quarterbacks, but there's only four schools that have had more than that. Can you guess what those four schools are? The four schools that have had had more more than three top 100 quarterbacks selected since 2000. Oklahoma. Yep. Um, I already gave you one earlier. USC. I was listening. Yeah. Since 2000, you said? Yep. Oh man, that's, I don't know if I can think of the other two. Oregon. Um, <laughs> Oregon? Oregon. Is, is Billy there. Harrington, Mariota, and Herbert. Yeah. Who's the fourth? Uh, Kellen Clemens. Oh, that's right. Yep. Back in the oh, day. Oh, God. Now I, I, I'm going to go bury my head in the sand. That's exactly thing. why I asked you the question, too. <laughs> and then I wouldn't be surprised if, like, a random school like Miz- – was there one more? Yeah, there's the one more, and this one's it, gonna be funny. And this is, is this one's like no, because I was thinking like Drew Locke and Blaine Gabbert, and uh, I was just wondering if maybe there was a uh, actually right, who, Lamar Jackson, really Louisville. Yeah, they got Lamar Jackson, Teddy Bridgewater, Chris Redmond, David Dave Ragone, and Brian Brom. Bunch of no, do nothing nobodies. Closer to the end of that hundred, I'm guessing. Yes, like pick seventy five, pick eighty eight, pick fifty six, yeah. and even Lamar Jackson and Teddy Bridgewater, they're barely first round guys, and pick both pick thirty two. So, yeah, you don't think of Louisville when you think of quarterback U, but they're actually thanks to Mr. Jackson himself, they are thirteenth since twenty fifteen in terms of fantasy points from the quarterback position, and uh, they've actually had the second most top one hundred quarterbacks selected out of any school, Louisville. 
Seriously, since wow. 2000. So, yeah, don't sleep on the Louisville Cardinals, apparently, when it comes to quarterbacks. So if you're uh, looking at Malik Cunningham getting drafted and you're looking at my College of the Canton rosters, uh, you're, you're rooting <laughs> for Malik Cunningham to get some draft capital after a stellar 2021 season. But, uh, <laughs> yes. But any other – before we move on to the running back you conversation, any other schools that kind of pop or think – you know, listeners will think, hey, but what about this school? Well, I mean, you, you think about some of the the big name guys, obviously. Um, and I was thinking if you – depending on if you consider Russell Wilson, Michigan, or NC State, just like NC mm-hmm. State with Russell Wilson and Phillip Rivers. Oh, yeah. That um, be- and Jacoby Brissett and even mm-hmm. Mike Glennon. Um, that might be an interesting one, but that might be cheating too. But I'm a Seahawks fan, so my, my brain goes to Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, actually, if you included uh, Russell Wilson with Phillip Rivers and NC State, uh, let's see, what what would that do? If you put that together, that would they would be, actually be number one in terms of fantasy oh, points wow. scored uh, since 2000. Uh, but Russell Wilson did wrap up at Wisconsin, so That's we count right. him there. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, because if you look at the career of Philip Rivers, uh, you know, top five in just about every category and Russell Wilson, that's a crazy, crazy mix up right there. But right. Um, but yeah. And then you got Michigan because of Tom Brady. You got Drew Brees up there because of or Purdue because of Drew, B, Drew Brees. In fact, basically Even Kyle Orton with Denver, like, yeah, and uh, Chicago, like he yeah. had a couple of good years. Yeah, exactly. So actually, number one, number two since 2000 overall. Uh, it's Michigan and Purdue. So yeah, oh, wow. Big Ten. There you go. <laughs> That's crazy. But it's basically just two guys and two and a yeah. half if we count Kyle Orton being half, and then maybe two point five one because Curtis Painter counts as every one hundredth of, of a person. So. That's, that's true. <laughs> Plus, he gave the Colts uh, Andrew Luck by being so bad that they went two and fourteen. So that's that. right. But uh, you know, Boston College actually is another one that everyone forgets because Matty, you Matt know, Matty Ice. Yep. Uh, is there and nobody even remembers where he went to school. Uh, but you got you actually have Matt Hasselbeck in there. Uh, Tim Hasselbeck uh, is in there for like 60 fantasy points. And uh, Doug Flutie, the end of his career, actually. You, you get oh, that in the right. early, early 2000s. Crazy. But yeah, USC, NC State, Tennessee, thanks to Peyton Manning. Miami of Ohio, thanks to obviously Ben, ben Roethlisberger. Yep. And then Auburn is up there. Basically, thanks Cam Newton. <laughs> Delaware, uh, Delaware is up there. Thank you, Joe Flacco. Uh, Ole Miss, <laughs> thank, yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh, Ole Miss is up there. Thank you, Eli Manning. Florida State, thank you, Mister Interceptions himself, James Winston. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically when it comes down to really when you mix draft capital and production, it's basically you're looking at USC, California, Oklahoma. Uh, not very many others have a ton of production and and draft capital married together. But really. Probably the most consistent producing school with the most capital. It's actually almost undebatably so USC with four first round quarterbacks, seven inside the top 100. That's the most of any school and consistently in the top 10 every year, essentially, uh, since the year 2000. So that's QBU. There's no debate. Sorry, we're end of discussion. But Oklahoma is probably going to take their throne and their lunch money. Shout out to Matt with Matt Bespay here soon. But uh, running back you. Let's, let's go that direction before we go to our sponsors here. But uh, running back you, uh, everyone thinks of Alabama. Some people think of Georgia and the wrong. But who do, who do you think of when you think of running back you? We talked about it off the top. Like I think Miami um, is going to be one that should be way up there. I, I think about like two of my favorite running backs, uh, Willis McGahee and Clinton Portis. 
oh, yeah. those two dudes were just freaks. Like, man, imagine if Willis McGee wouldn't have injured um, oh, his knee in that in that Seriously. national championship game. But and even of course, like Frank Gore, who is going to be playing with his son pretty soon. Here. <laughs> like, He's going to be playing um, with his grandkids here soon. Yeah. So, oh, even like um, like uh, Edron James. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he he put up. So like you've got people um, who who did it earlier on in the 2000s all the way up until until recently. So um, while we don't have a whole lot going on right now because my Seahawks keep drafting them and not using them, DJ Dallas and uh, Travis Homer. Um, but but <laughs> up until recently, there was guys producing big numbers every single year and multiple. Yeah. So so Miami's got to be it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and a lot of our listeners are like, what are you talking about? Like, they haven't had anything recently besides the ghost of Frank Gore and whatever Lamar Miller was there for a hot second. But right. you, seriously, you named like a, a long list of guys. I mean, Frank Gore, Edgar James, Clinton Portis, Willis McGahee, Lamar Miller, Duke Johnson. You remember Najee Davenport, that dude? That's uh, right. Yeah, like they had some guys and, and even other, other guys that just kind of blipped for a second, like even DJ Dallas, uh, you know, other guys down the list. But since the year 2000, it's not close in terms of production, right? It's uh, Miami with almost 12,000 fantasy points for the running backs. And second is Alabama. But they're seriously over 3,000 fantasy points behind. And it's, it's so it's not even close uh, in terms That's of actual nuts. production. Uh, but there's another angle because when it comes to predicting future success, we love draft capital, right? So yeah, how many... Running backs, do you think have been selected since the year 2000 for Alabama inside the top 100 picks? Let's see. So since what year? Since the year 2000. I'm going to go five, six. Inside the top 100 picks, it's 11. Oh, top, top 100. I was thinking first. Yeah, first round, yeah. you, actually, you, you oh. nailed it. It's five. Yeah. But seriously, 11 running backs inside the top 100. Basically, top 100 capital equates to almost exactly uh, day two capital in most years. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we're looking for guys that are going to get inside day two uh, capital. And Alabama kills every other school. No other school actually even has more than seven. Not even Miami in that window. They, they have a bunch of production and a bunch of long career guys. But uh, if you look at first round picks, lead with five. Top 100 picks lead with 11. Uh, most points, most you know, fantasy points scored since 2010 and since 2015. Number one and number one for Alabama, and they've just been absolutely cruising. Uh, in fact, they, in the past two years, uh, they had more fantasy points than any other school ever uh, had in terms of a two-year span outside of just Miami and Tennessee. And people are like, "What?" Tennessee, right? Let, let, let's talk about that for a second because you remember a guy named uh, Jamal Lewis, Jam Jam man. He, Jam he won Jam. me so he won me a few titles, dude. Like he just cleaned it up for like an entire decade. He had like four seasons over over two hundred and fifty fantasy points, and and then they had Arian Foster, dude. He was my favorite. Like he was my favorite fantasy player for like three or four years. Arian Foster was always like, if I had yes. an early pick, it was Arian Foster always. every single time. <laughs> yeah. Love oh him. I, I think my first year of dynasty actually was his like almost 400 uh, fantasy point season. And so, oh, wow. yeah. yeah. So that was, that was a lot of fun, but Alvin Kamara, Travis Henry, actually back in the day, Charlie Garner, even the end of his career, 
uh, James Stewart even. Uh, that was more of a 90s running back. But you get the end of a bunch of really good running backs' careers uh, showing up on their list too. But it's mainly Jamal Lewis, Arian Foster, and Alvin Kamara has been just absolutely carrying it. Uh, you know, three seasons in a row with over 250 fantasy points. And three of those had over 300 fantasy points by himself. If he was a school by himself, he would basically already be a top top five or six guy in the past. That's so crazy. And it really is. And he wasn't even a round one pick either. He was a top 100 guy, but he wasn't, uh, you know, a top round one running back or anything. But it's, it is hilarious scrolling across the pages. And I, I, I can't even see all of Frank Gore's career. Like, uh, I have to scroll <laughs> on Excel. <laughs> <laughs> to get, it's so funny yeah it's, it's like so oh, i gotta zoom out that's a, <laughs> 16 years here but uh yeah i mean the, the, the debate if you want to talk about capital if you want to talk about production it really begins and ends with miami versus alabama and maybe tennessee if, if you want to really get inclusive but uh there's not very many schools that are in the conversation like you know and the georgia fans are still angry that i haven't even acknowledged them here and where do you think they are since 2000 for running um, backs since 2000 yep i'd still i'd still put them in the top 10 but i'd put them probably closer to the the back end of that man it's like you've been looking at a spreadsheet or something like they are <laughs> they are 10th actually since i was gonna 2000. guess 8th so i was i yeah. would have been too high yeah, but seriously, Georgia is is tenth since two thousand. Everyone thinks of the recent success and uh, whatever Todd Gurley is is now, uh, but uh, you know, and, and if you look at the past three years alone, 2018, 2019, 2020, Georgia is actually second, only behind Alabama, and mm-hmm. but they are a whopping seven hundred fantasy points behind Alabama in that three-year span from 2018, 2019, and 2020. So, yes, they have been running back you in in our minds for a few years or so, uh, but they're really going to have to continue that if they want to continue to climb and even get, you know, close to entering the conversation as the, you know, running back you of, like, all time or, you know, even close to that conversation. Which is going to be tough considering, like, Gurley, we don't expect much from. No. So your Sony Michelle is no longer nope. a thing. So you're He's really like 40 years old already Chubb. now. <laughs> right. You're talking about Chubb and Swift compared to, like, all these Alabama running backs that are still producing. Like, you've got, like, you got Josh Jacobs. You've got uh, Kenyon Drake. Obviously, Derrick Henry. Who knows what Mark Ingram's going to do in Houston this year? Probably not much. But still, you're talking about three, four guys. And then you're adding in Najee Harris. Uh, Najee Harris. Yeah. So it's like they're not going to be able to close the gap. The gap's only going to get bigger. No. And, and and Alabama continues to own the running back you conversation, even from recruiting. Like they already have the the number. I've said this on the show a few times. They already have the number one running back next year locked up, and probably the year after that, and probably the year after that, and probably the year after that. And they have Kamar yeah. Wheaton coming in this year, and he's not even going to see the field because there's like five other other future NFL running backs ahead of him. And Trey Sanders, who was last year's number or the year before yeah. number one, yeah. is <laughs> they've just ridiculous. continued to own it and own it and own it and that shows up like like you said in recruiting all over the place it's not even fair like if you look at yeah. the the college i mean it didn't it, we just sidebar seriously i mean when you look at their five stars just to alabama in the college playoff era they have 46 five stars the second place actually is georgia with 35 like they've yeah it's not <laughs> like they've got like seriously like like a 30 percent plus more five stars than any other school in the nation so yeah they're cleaning it up and it's going to continue. And Georgia is, is just going to, you know, congrats on the silver medal. 
you know, for the next five or six years or 10, but they're not going to be in the running back you conversation unless uh, Nick Chubb somehow figures out how to have a thousand fantasy points in uh, a season at a time. But yeah, I, I think there are a couple other schools that kind of hang out there in people's minds like Texas because of, you know, they've had some really fun names over the years. Uh, maybe not so much lately, but like Ricky Williams, like Priest, Priest Holmes, Jamal yeah. Charles, like even Cedric Benson. Uh, but, you know, after, after that, you the know, names get pretty gross. A dude that I thought was going to be awesome and then was injured, so that's my excuse, uh, was Deontay <laughs> Foreman. Um, I yeah. just thought he was going to be special, and yeah. it just never happened. You know, knock on wood, but uh, I, I believe he's still with um, my – well, he was – Titans, right? Well, he was, but I think he's actually a free agent right now. But I think he, okay. uh, he he could get brought back. I'm not sure what the deal is there, but – if he somehow gets brought back with them, that would be interesting. Because, uh, you know, he actually looked good in limited action with the Titans for a, a little bit, like uh, when he had to spell Henry here and there. So who knows what will happen. But, yeah, he got the day two capital even. Um, yep. Oh, I so loved him. I think a lot of people thought he was going to hit. But outside of that, there's really not a bunch of other people in the conversation. Ohio State will be a fun one, though, because they're climbing. And they have J.K. Dobbins and they have Zeke that are probably still going to produce for a little bit. Like since 2000, Ohio State is actually 11th uh, in fantasy points. And they have had six 100, uh, top 100 running backs. And they've had three first-round running backs. So they're way up there in terms of capital. Uh, yeah. But, now uh, Trey Sermon entering is going to... Yeah. That could who be knows how one. soon that will happen. But. If, yeah, if he hits, if he pans out, they could continue, continue to climb and, and enter that conversation uh, in, in terms of running back you. But... Uh, in terms of capital, they're way up there. Uh, they're they're one of four schools with with more than uh, two first round running backs in the past twenty years. So they just need to have more of them actually uh, pan out, and that would help. And you know, some people are like, "Oh, what about Oklahoma with Adrian Peterson, Demarco Murray, and Joe Mixon?" And I dare you to name to name one more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want to now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I, the the you know the the, uh, the truthers oh, are like. Yeah, P. I was going to say, smash a P-Run, dude, what about him? Yeah, uh, he had that one crazy game. Yeah. Damian Williams, yeah, smack, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what about Aaron Ripkowski? <laughs> yeah, like oh, yeah gets, that's, that's the name I was going to say. Yeah, everyone was <laughs> thinking that for sure. But no, it, it gets pretty gross after AP and DeMarco Murray, Joe Mixon. They're actually, they're way up there in terms of uh, points scored, uh, but uh, like overall capital outside the the top names, they're not really there. Like Pittsburgh's out there because Sean McCoy is going to be a Hall of Famer. And I just probably Wisconsin had a, a lot of. Who, I'm sorry, what? Pretty high capital. Didn't Wisconsin have quite a few guys with high draft capital? I was actually going to name that because they've had three first round running backs, five top 100 running backs, and they have the GOAT himself, Jonathan Taylor, still trucking and still very young. So yeah. uh, they're actually, where do you think they are since 2000? Ooh, so I would put them, I would put them. Mm, that's tough. Cause, I mean, I'm thinking James White, Melvin Gordon. I'm see, I'm so recency biased mm-hmm. <laughs> that I, it's hard for me to to think like compared to some of these other schools. I'm gonna say like 12, 14, 15th. Man, you're good at okay. this. You're freaking good at this. You, you got to give yourself more credit. Because I mean, like seriously, yeah, I guess so. Melvin Gordon, James White, Jonathan Taylor, my boy Mr. Monty Ball for a hot for a hot minute there. Yeah, for like five seconds. <laughs> uh, and, I, uh, I I actually. Uh, was going to have him on my podcast, my other podcast, like my non-football podcast, because he still lives out here in the area. Oh, um, nice. 
but it was like right before all the black lives matter stuff was going and so i was like oh. yeah let's postpone <laughs> yeah. but he's a cool dude he's got his own show that's uh, cool. he he's cleaned up his life quite a bit he's like super active in the community now that's um, awesome. so monty ball has really turned his life around after spending a little bit of time in jail and stuff so it's a really cool story um even yeah. though he's not back in the nfl of course but very anyway. cool yeah, so Monte Ball, can't forget him. He actually had he, he did have almost 200 combined fantasy points or something. So, not not too crazy. Uh but, you know, Ron Dane, can't forget him. <laughs> we That's got right. most of his career in the early 2000s. Uh it didn't didn't pan out like everyone thought. He I mean, he was hyped up like crazy back in the day. But yeah, Wisconsin's yep. 15th since t- 2000 and they are second since 2015. Isn't that wild? That's nuts. Like, yeah, seriously, that's nuts. because like in PPR, like in standard, obviously this would be a, a different story because James White. Yeah, James has, White, you're out. Yeah, he carries it. I mean, it's basically yeah, it's Mister Mister White himself. Like, but since two thousand, <laughs> it's just silly looking at how much just Alabama crushes everyone. Since two thousand fifteen, Alabama has almost forty five hundred fantasy points Jeez. from running backs. That's in six that's seasons, nuts. almost forty five hundred fantasy points just from running backs. Second is Wisconsin, and they're fifteen hundred fantasy points behind. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah, there's just nobody, nothing. Like Oklahoma's up there still. Uh, I know. would have guessed uh, Florida State with Devonta Freeman and oh, yes. Alvin Cook. I would have thought they'd be pretty yes, high sir. up there too. But. They're fourth since two thousand fifteen. Okay, yeah, they've got Devonta Freeman. They've got Dalvin Cook. They had hey Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson when he's healthy. Uh, and uh, obviously uh, Cam Akers, everyone has already decided that he's going to be a Hall of Famer now. So uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so he's he he could keep them propped up there for a while as well. Uh, but it, when it comes to capital and production, it really comes down to Miami, Alabama, and no one else, and you know a few people that might enter into the conversation here soon. But that's really really it. Uh, LSU, uh, another honorable mention. Just because they've been like top ten forever, hanging around with enough guys that were relevant for a very long time. Uh, maybe Clyde Edwards Hilaire does something. Who knows? Uh, and <laughs> I, I, I'm downplaying his his last year way too much. He started off with a bang, but we've had some good players. I mean, that Kevin Falk guy was okay. <laughs> uh, Joseph Joseph uh, yeah Joseph Adai Leonard Fournette Jeremy Hill for like five seconds there. Oh Stephen, my God, he Stephen was another Ridley. one that I. Stephen Ridley. I thought he was going to be the best forever. Yeah. Yeah. They've had a bunch of guys that were good enough to stick around on rosters for a long time. So LSU kind of keeps them propped up. Penn State on capital is at least in the conversation. But it really just comes down to Miami uh, being number one since 2000. Still a top 10 team even today. And Alabama. But Miami is probably going to drop down unless they do something different. uh, and Start winning some more recruiting and winning some more games. Because uh, they can only live off the mid-2000s for so long. But right. uh, before we wrap up with some wide receiver and tight end talk, just a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everyone, just want to take a moment to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to the community Discord, an e-learning course full of tips and tricks, and on top of all of that, will help get your show pushed to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you're wanting to grow hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience acceptance into the program is limited so get your application in today to apply go to bwhustle.com forward slash join check out the description box in this episode for more information but that's bwhustle.com slash join all right, so we've talked about quarterbacks and the quarterback university, and that being USC, running back university, that being really down to just Alabama and Miami. The real, you know, NFL university since 2000 is Miami by far in terms of capital and production, but they are fading quickly. Uh, but another position that they continually find ways to dominate uh, in, in terms of NFL production and capital is the tight end position. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time there just because tight ends are boring for most people. <laughs> I could talk about tight ends for a very long time, uh, but uh, I'm not going to do that to the listeners. I, I I just won't. But Miami, obviously the number one. I mean, you're a Miami fan. You can probably name all the big ones that people are going to remember, right? Ooh, I mean, Jimmy Graham, Greg Olson, Winslow. Yeah, Kellen Winslow. Um, oh shoot, I'm forgetting the dude who played for the Giants, Jeremy Shockey. Yes, yeah, Jeremy Shockey. Now, dude, he was fun, and then uh, Joku, too. Yes, but do you remember Bubba Franks? Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was early 2000s. A lot of people probably don't remember him, but he actually stuck. Uh, Chris Herndon makes the list for everyone. Oh, right, he's yeah. still gonna hit, apparently. Yeah. Oh no, no. I, he's definitely going to hit. I've got it now. I've got a couple shares. I'm, I'm getting excited. Um, and I, and I still, every time I, I, I watch in the NFL combine and tight ends running the forties, I'm expecting them to all look like Clive Walford. If you haven't seen Clive Walford run the 40 at, at the NFL oh, combine, you need to uh, pause the podcast or finish it. And then just Google Clive Walford running the 40. It is the goofiest looking thing I think I've ever seen ever. 
he just bobs his head like he's a uh, bobblehead as he's running the 40. It is the most That's bizarre fantastic. thing. But, you know, yeah, they've had a bunch of guys like uh, that have gotten capital over the years. If you look at their production and their, their tight end, uh, like first round capital, like it's it's a ton like over the years. So uh, like year after year, they just continually uh, find ways to get guys drafted. Seriously, five first round tight ends since the That's year 2000. Crazy. Eight top 100. No other school uh, has more than six top 100 tight ends. No other school has more than three first round tight ends uh, since uh, the year 2000. Miami is just, it, it, it begins and ends with Miami when it comes to the tight end view discussion. But people want to throw in other names there because of uh, Iowa for obvious reasons. I was going to say Iowa, yeah. Yeah, because they, I mean, you can go on the list there too, right? I mean, just off the top of your head, you can probably name at least two or three guys, right? Yeah, I mean, recent recently you've got, of course, uh, Hawkinson, Noah Fant, Kittle. I can't yeah. think of any more, though. Dallas Clark, man. That, oh, geez, yeah. Had, Number 44, baby. Whew, that dude had almost 1,500 fantasy points career. Like that guy. I didn't, real, I didn't remember that he went to Iowa. That is, mm-hmm. yeah. Man, that is a really strong group of tight ends right yeah. there. Quick question. Who has more fantasy points career? Scott Chandler, Brandon Myers, Noah Fant, or TJ Hawkinson? Scott Chandler. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. Scott Chandler. Oh. Iowa tight end. I think he played for the Patriots for a hot second. But he has more fantasy points still because he had a longer, longer career. But yeah. It's just funny. Like they've had a bunch of guys that stuck around. Like even like Tony, Tony Moyaki, CJ Fedorowitz, people like for a second. They, they've had a bunch of good guys over the years. Uh, Iowa yeah. is a name that gets thrown in, and they are second in fantasy points. And they're the only other school with at least three first round tight ends selected since the year two thousand. And they've had a few recently. So they they continue to find ways to rack up fantasy points, get people drafted early. Stanford, a lot of people throw out there because of you know Zach yeah, Ertz. Zach Ertz. Kobe Fleener, even Austin Hooper, you know, and Dalton Schultz, actually, you know, people forget oh, about wow, him. Oh, yeah. And he, he actually had a good year, year last year. Yeah. So, so who knows what that's going to look like next year with uh, uh, Jarwin back in the mix. But Jason Witten basically buoys Tennessee. Say, does, what does Witten do with Tennessee just for <laughs> like playing for 19 years? The, 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 the 20 year veteran or whatever, uh, almost 3,000 fantasy points by himself. Wow. If he was, if, if Mr. Witten was a school by himself, he would be a top ten program in terms of tight end awesome. production. It's just insane. So I definitely could not name one other Tennessee tight end. So <laughs> no, and I won't because the podcast doesn't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Notre Dame has some uh, tight ends that uh, could be interesting and have been interesting over the years. Like they they had Kyle Rudolph, Tyler Eifert. Everyone wanted to be a thing. Cole Komet. We'll see what happens with him. They've got a fun. Uh, Michael Mayer is in the pipeline. He could come out That's and do right. something. But Tommy uh, Tremble. Yeah. Those are all, you know, that's a late round pick. And thanks to Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, and Brent Selleck, surprisingly. Selleck. Yeah. Remember that guy? Yeah. Cincinnati's up there, but there's, there's not very many schools that are even in the conversation. Uh, Is there anybody else that we didn't hit up or should we just go to talk, talk about wide receivers? Yeah. Let's talk wide receivers. Let's do it. Wide receivers. uh, Who's the wide receiver you for you? We kind of hinted at it earlier. But who's the number one school, do you think, in terms of fantasy points since the year 2000? Since the year 2000, I mean, I I would still think it would be, oh, man. I mean, I want to say Miami again just because that seems like the cheat answer (laughs) for everything. But, I mean, LSU would be the other one that I would put up there. But that maybe that's just being too much recency. 
It's Ohio State. Ohio State is number one. LSU number two. Miami is number three. That's gonna be so that is the mad. cheating answer though. Like it is because my it's like my if it, anything when it comes to NFL production or capital is Miami in there? Yes, they are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you think about the receivers that Miami had, like um, Andre Johnson forever was just oh, a yeah. beast. Reggie Wayne was incredible. Ugh, Alan Hearns more recently. Um, I mean, he never like blew the top off. You know, but yeah. he's just a consistent producer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a like Santana Moss forever. Oh man, mm-hmm. Miami had some fun receivers. <laughs> Seriously, just Reggie Wayne, like that dude, another right. guy that almost had three thousand fantasy points by himself. Andre Johnson almost three thousand fantasy points by himself. Santana Moss over two thousand by himself. Alan Hurdens is actually fourth since two thousand for the program with over seven hundred fantasy points. People yeah. forget Devin freaking Hester. That guy. Right. I mean, uh, and even like a bunch of role players, you know, like deep threat guys. Like Miami's had a lot of speedsters like Travis Benjamin, Philip Dorsett, uh, you know, Roscoe Parrish, Leonard Hankerson. Oh, right. I thought Roscoe was going to be a beast. Yeah. Like guys that, you know, they splashed here and there. They were in, if if there were a bunch of football podcasts back in the day, it would be like, oh, that guy's great for best ball, like that. Right, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> like that—that's what everyone would that that would be the go-to for like half of Miami's wide receivers since the year two thousand. But they've just had some ballers for years. Yeah, and they are third. But seriously, LSU, I mean, they have to be when you mix in capital. Uh, I mean, like more than a dozen top one hundred wide receivers, a half dozen first round wide receivers. Uh, second in, fan- in fantasy points scored since 2000, first since 2010, and second since 2015. Like they're, it's like them, Ohio State, and everyone wants to say Alabama is it, right? Because of what we've seen here recently. But uh, where do you think Alabama ranks in wide receiver production? I may have already given this away on the last podcast, but since 2000. Yeah, you you did talk about this with John, and I don't oh, remember I? the. the- the number, yeah. but it was low. It was Dude, shockingly low. It's 21st since 2000, like because it was nothing before yeah. Julio. They seriously had like a hundred fantasy. I mentioned this before, but like a hundred fantasy points scored before Julio came in the league, in between like 2000 and 2010. So they have absolutely smashed. And in in the recent years, they actually had they seriously had over 1,000 fantasy points scored just by wide receivers last year alone. That is the That's second. Nuts. No, sorry. Third most fantasy points scored by any school since 2000, you know, from their wide receivers in any given year. And Miami yeah, and LSU are the only two schools with a higher season. LSU had a big 2014. I think uh, you may remember OBJ's rookie year. I think yeah, that was okay. Yeah, and that was also uh, Jarvis Landry's exactly. as well. Yeah. yeah, that was also Jarvis Landry's rookie year. Uh, but seriously, that, that was that was actually the number one season uh, ever uh, scored by any program altogether. Uh, can you remember the uh, the fourth, uh, third and fourth, uh, third and fourth most scoring wide receivers for the program in that season from LSU? Oof, no, I definitely cannot. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or even the guys. Yeah, so it it was 2014, and they actually no, had five guys. With at least 140 fantasy points. Oh my gosh. That would be a fun trivia question. Which five LSU wide receivers had more than 140 fantasy points in 2014? Wow. 
Travis, you're really getting specific here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually I don't know the answer. I got yeah. I got I gave you Landry. That's that that yeah. that was the extent of my knowledge on that one. Who is it? Number 1 is obviously Odell Beckham Jr. But the number two fantasy point scorer for the program that year was actually Mr. Brandon LaFell. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. Seriously, Brandon LaFell. Uh, and then third, actually, was Jarvis Landry. Fourth was Mr. Ruben Randall. Okay. And uh, fifth was actually. I forgot went to LSU. Yeah. And fifth was actually Dwayne Bowe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Remember that guy? Wow. Fan- yeah. Kansas man. City Chiefs went to the Browns and disappeared. Oh, yep. man. That was ridiculous. But they've had so many good wide receivers over the years. Even like those, again, uh, he's better than best ball, guys. Like Eddie, you know, Eddie Kennison, like, uh, you know, Devery Henderson. That was a good one back yep. in the day. Like even like Michael Michael Clayton had that splash of a start to a career and then disappeared. Uh, but now it's just dumb. Like they have, you know, DJ Chark still doing good things. And now with Trevor Lawrence, who knows how good he's, he's going to be. So, right. And then you've got Justin Jefferson, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Even like Russell Gage now that Julio has moved on. Like, is he their number two? I mean, Kyle Pitts is their number two, but um, mm-hmm. like Russell Gage could have a huge year this year. Um, yeah. So, yeah, be interesting. Yeah. But uh, how have I not mentioned Clemson yet in the wide receiver you debate? Everyone, every Clemson fan probably already tuned out because they're so mad. Right. But because uh, they have actually been number one since 2017. In fact, the, those past four years. They've had at least 840 combined fantasy points every single season. Like that's hmm. that's the best four year stretch for any program ever. So yeah, and, they've and imagine if Martavis Bryant was still around. Oh man, yeah, if Martavis Bryant was actually still doing things, like man, he was so good. Everyone thought he was just gonna smash, and then he just couldn't get it all together ever again. Yeah. But if you look at the last four years combined. It is actually Clemson, not Alabama, in in first. They actually have more than 500 more fantasy points in the past four seasons than Alabama. So everyone wants to say it's already Alabama, it's Alabama, it's Alabama, but Clemson is still right there. Uh, And if you narrow it down to just the past three years, again, still Clemson with a 150 fantasy point lead. So Clemson's right there. Uh, And the the way that they're recruiting wide receiver, they, they still have a a mess of wide receivers that could get drafted that uh, one or two should pop this year with DJ Uyangalele. Yep. Uh, even Amari Rogers, I, I, I wasn't super high on him, but he got capital this year. So Clemson continually gets guys drafted over and over and over. Uh, but uh, only four programs, though, have had 10 or more wide receivers drafted in the top 100 picks. Who do you think those four schools are? I already gave you two of them, LSU, Ohio State, but who are the other two? In the top 100? Yep, top 100 picks, wide um, receivers since the year 2000. Is Clemson one of them? It is not Clemson, but they're, they're they kind of close. Three? Oh, yeah, they've had like they've had like six. But, oh, what number did you say? I thought you said how many? Oh, 10. <laughs> oh, 10. Yeah, yes. okay. Um, is it is USC on there? It is USC. Okay. And then the last one? The last one's probably going to get you. Yeah, I don't know. It's Florida. Because they, I mean, they they basically oh, yeah, that makes they sense. had like six or seven guys all in the early two thousands, and then they had a super cold streak. They had like Percy Harvin and Andre Caldwell right before that, uh, but really super cold streak until like Van Jefferson last year, and then oh, Kadarius Tony. Yeah. They actually had like four years in a row 
uh, where they had like no production at all, hardly at all from any wide receivers. <laughs> but they yeah. have, they're way up there in production as well. They, they have been fourth, actually, since the year 2000. But since 2010, they're only 14th. And since 2015, they're actually 33rd. So Ford is dropping wow. off real quick. Oh, Kadarius, <laughs> Kadarius Tony and Van Jefferson are their best bets. Basically, two of the worst analytical profiles of all time at wide receiver. Don't forget about <laughs> Seattle's own Freddie Swain. Oh, my gosh. Come on, dude. <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks. And your fandom confuses me, but it's great. Uh, it's because I grew up in Africa, man. Yeah. And, and, and then earlier today, you were watching the Netherlands in soccer. So yep. just to confuse our listeners even more with no context or answer or, or explanation, let's continue. But right. <laughs> seriously, the wide receiver is just it's been crazy over the years. It's Ohio State, LSU, Miami, Florida, USC, Florida State and Georgia actually way up there over the years. Georgia's really dropped off um, recently, except, uh, you know, you know, Miko Hardman's going to be the answer to everyone's prayer, apparently. Uh, Florida State has really dropped off. Like, they only had like 29 fantasy points scored last year from wide receivers. Wow. Yeah, really bad. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's basically in the future, it looks like it's going to be between Clemson, uh, Alabama, uh, but, you know, it, how have I not mentioned Oklahoma, right, with Mr. C.D. Lamb? Like, they've, they've done really good things right, over the years, right? I mean, surely they've, they've, they're way you up there. Think. You would think. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, outside of like, like, because like Marquise Brown, I don't, I don't think we've been too impressed with. Um, Sterling Shepard, same yeah. thing. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think that we're hoping that this next batch, because like their receiver room right now is insane and they're recruiting, like they, they've, got two of the top six wide receivers in this upcoming class. Like they're mm-hmm. just going nuts right now. So I, I think they might start closing the gap on a lot of these other schools, but they don't have a whole lot going on right now. Got another answer with a predictable or another question with a predictable answer here for you. Oklahoma, how many fantasy points were scored for Oklahoma wide receivers in the NFL in between the years 2000 and 2004? So a five year span. 184. Zero. there's no quarterback so there's probably not much in the receiver seriously zero again seriously they had like nothing for a long time but uh they had a really big gap in like the early 2010s but yeah lately they are on fire and with you know cd lamb coming on strong here lately uh and if he actually hits out like we think his profile can he might be enough to be that generational guy that carries them for a very long time because if you look at like the last you know, five years, four or five years, Oklahoma is actually uh, seventh in terms of fantasy points scored. But if you zoom in even farther and just go like we just did with Alabama and Clemson with just the last three years of uh, wide receiver production, uh, nope, they're still seventh. Just kidding. <laughs> but they're still like they're, they're rising. They've had over 500 yeah. fantasy points uh, in, in the last three years uh, consistently uh, each year. So they're getting there. But they're still not in the league uh, with Alabama and Clemson. Their wide receiver room right now is insane. But uh, they're going to need probably more than C.D. Lamb even just to really get them over the hump considering how many studs Alabama has at the wide receiver right. position right now. And, and Clemson still at the end of the career of DeAndre Hopkins still getting random fantasy points from Hunter Renfro. <clears throat> yeah, they've had a bunch of guys that have produced over the years. So if you had to say who's going to be between Clemson, between Miami, between LSU, between Ohio State, between Alabama, 
Who would be your bet to be the wide receiver you that we think is right now, five years from now, is going to be the wide receiver you? From 2010 to 2026? No, I just, just, I mean, yeah. from 2000 to 2020? Like, yeah, 2010 to like 2026 or something. Five years from now, who, who are you thinking is going to be number one? I mean, I would, I would put it with, oof, that's tough. I'd probably still go Ohio State. They, they still have so many great players um, in, and they are also recruiting at just an unreal um, level right now. So it's, it's hard to imagine that really going. But it's hard to say. But Alabama and Clemson are doing the same thing. So yeah. it's a, that's a really hard one. And I think kind of an underrated one would also be USC. They've gotten some some players drafted recently, um, and they've got some good guys in the NFL right now too. Uh, like I think like Juju, people don't realize how young he is. I oh, people who listen to your show, I'm sure do. Yeah. Um, but Juju's still super super young. Um, you've got Robert Woods who's producing at an yeah. unbelievable level. Uh, Michael Pittman, and now we've got uh, um, Amon Ra, St. Brown, and then uh, Drake London coming next year. Brew McCoy the year after that. They could be really exciting too moving forward. And it's hard for me to talk positively about USC. <laughs> I'm sure it is being a guy that roots for Oregon. But seriously, uh, USC is way up there over the years. Like they had. Keyshawn Johnson in the early 2000s. Like, That's that right. was a heck of a career. Johnny Morton, Curtis Conway, like, they had a bunch of early 2000s guys that were super productive. But uh, the sixth most productive USC wide receiver in the last 20 years is Mr. Nelson Aguilar. Uh, wow. We give him crap all the time, but that dude has three seasons over 160 fantasy points. So that's crazy. USC that has, is had, crazy. has had a bunch of guys like that that kind of had, you know, okay spurts here and there. Like even Marquise Lee was okay for a bit. The bad Steve Smith yeah. was good for a while. Uh, even the bad Mike Williams was good for a while. Um, you know, guys that, you know, were, were a blip on, on somebody's radar for a while. They had a bunch of those. They had a bunch of guys that get drafted. It's hard for me to bet on them moving forward, but I think I would probably, even over Alabama, I would probably bet. LSU um, is going to be the wide receiver you uh, even more clearly uh, over Ohio State. Ohio State is going to have Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave come in, uh, and that's Terry great. McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, yeah, and that's great. They've got a young, solid core there, but LSU still has so many. Like they just, yeah. I mean, Jarvis Landry, and even whatever whatever happens with Odell Beckham Jr. But DJ Chark, Russell Gage, Justin Jefferson. Well, no, how did I list Justin Jefferson fifth there? Justin Jefferson, <laughs> Justin Jefferson, seriously, just smashing in his first year, and like, I mean, I was, I, I was on record as as being a higher uh, on Justin Jefferson than I was Jamar Chase back in the day. Uh, yeah, and and it may still be the case, but having Jamar Chase coming in and yeah, Terrace Marshall true. coming in, and now they have, I mean, maybe the number one wide receiver for the class of twenty twenty three in Keishon Boutte. But- uh, Buddy, they continue, but. yeah. <laughs> they continue to recruit at a ridiculously high level, yeah. And they already have a bunch of guys doing it, so it's going to be really tough for any school to dethrone in terms of production LSU or Ohio State uh, in the coming years. Because Alabama, yes, they are rising, and since 2015, they're actually third, and they've got a bunch of bodies in the NFL too. But so do LSU, so do Ohio State, and they've been doing it longer. So it's going to be a right. long time before. Alabama ever, ever catches up to these guys. Because seriously, since 2000, Alabama is like half of what they've done. And we were talking about it too. Like, like Ruggs is not in a great position right now. And no, uh, 
Jerry Judy might be stuck with Drew Locke for a couple more years. Like Ugh. it's going to be hard for the guys <laughs> that got drafted high last year to really mm-hmm. uh, be producing. Like the two of them combined aren't going to probably yep. put up what um, no. what our boy Justin Jefferson did. And as much as the mock drafters want to argue with this, we're probably actually going to have a little bit of a break in terms of dominant performance um, and early draft capital for Alabama wide receivers. I don't think John Mechie is even going to get, he's not, I, I don't think he's going to be a first round pick next year. Uh, he might not even be a day two pick next year when it's right. all said and done. And then the rest of that wide receiver room that's coming in and is super stacked is they're all freshmen. So we might mm-hmm. have two or three years. We've seen a bunch of first rounders and we, now we might see none for a little bit yeah. from Alabama. So that could really change the stakes here moving forward, but they, they continue to kill it in recruiting. So they're, they're going to keep stacking up. They're going to be higher than 21st. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, in a, five, a few, you know, a few years from now, but being a near zero for like 10 years really hurt them. So <laughs> they'll definitely climb up the ranks and they're continuing to do so. Uh, but it looks like they may be the NFL university uh, here very soon because they have just dominated the past decade. Uh, if you zoom in again, just uh, in the last 10 years, uh, it's it's really easy to see how quickly they're rising. Because basically pre-Nick Saban, uh, they were almost nothing. They had like no quarterbacks. They had some running backs in there. Back in the day, they had like Sean Alexander. But uh, since 2010, Alabama is still, even amidst all this dominance, they're actually still fifth in terms of fantasy points. But uh, when, when you throw in all of the positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Uh, since 2010, uh, yeah. who do, who do you think the four schools are ahead of them in the past 10 years? For for everything, everything. Oh, what's the safe answer? Man. What? What's I mean, the Miami. Safe answer? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Miami. You. Yes. Um, Ohio State. No, Ohio State is actually since 2010 they're eighth overall. Oh wow! Thanks to their quarterbacks being awful. Yo, yeah. What about yeah quarterbacks? Oh, stupid quarterbacks. What about Clemson? Clemson is... Uh, they haven't had many running backs in that time, so... Clemson is actually ninth. They're up there thanks to their wide receivers. Yeah, and I was thinking Deshaun Watson. Yep, Deshaun. And they'll um, continue to rise as well if their quarterbacks keep churning out like they are. Uh, with Deshaun, if he actually comes back and does something, Trevor Lawrence, DJ Uyunglele, they'll definitely be up yeah. there for a long time. It's actually California is number one. I was going to say Cal because we were talking about them earlier Quarterbacks. With, with Aaron. Yeah, and they've got guys yeah. like Keenan Allen and Marvin Jones still kicking yeah. around doing some stuff. And, then of course, they had Marshawn Lynch that just lit it up for a long time there. Uh, but Miami, uh, Oklahoma, uh, Georgia. There you go, Georgia. Georgia. I wouldn't Hold have on gotten Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, Georgia is is interesting because when you look at their players that have panned out, um, I think you just have to think about who those players are. Like you got to think about Matt okay, Stafford. Matt Stafford, yeah, AJ Green, basically yep. played for that entire span, almost two thousand fantasy points. Todd Gurley over fifteen hundred fantasy points. Benjamin Watson played for that entire span, over nine hundred fantasy points. No Sean Moreno, Nick Chubb, Mister Chris yep. Conley seventh for Georgia, surprisingly in that span. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, the dude that everyone writes off and says is awful has over 500 fantasy points career. So That's crazy. I know. Yeah. Uh, Sony Michelle, uh, he's probably yeah. already pretty much done. But Heinz Ward actually snuck in a little bit there. Oh, they've, wow. They, they've had a, a bunch of guys that have been productive. Yeah. Not crazy ceiling guys, but they have their list of guys that have been fantasy contributors is almost 30 people long. Uh, so DeAndre That'll Swift help. obviously <laughs> should. <laughs> That'll should help. Really, yeah, DeAndre Swift will definitely help. But yeah, man, 
NFL University debate. It's tough. Like, number one, we already did this with wide receiver. Final question. Who do you think outside of Miami is, and outside of even Alabama, because that's too easy, who do you think could be the dark horse to be the NFL University five years from now that we're talking about? Oh, we should have all seen that coming. Um, I, I, I would I would say Oklahoma just because of the number of quarterbacks that they have. And then you mix in the, you know, the the wide receivers that they're going to be producing and, and already have out there. Um, but then as I say that, I'm thinking about your LSU wide receivers and I'm thinking maybe that's the right answer. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, like LSU, you've also got Burrow. Maybe I'm changing it to LSU. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's a really safe bet with all they're doing. But uh, you think about I think they still have CD Land, they still have Hollywood Brown, they still have Mark Andrews, they still have Joe yeah. Mixon. Uh, even like it, it, what happens? I don't know what happens with Sterling Shepard moving forward, but they've got a bunch of guys that will be in the NFL still for a little bit, and and then a bunch of quarterbacks. They're they're going to be in this conversation for quite some time, and especially if they have a few more wide receiver hits as well that would be yeah. uh more sneaky i think than um than an lsu but really uh, and when it, it just comes down to recruiting and, and you, yep. you talked about it before and you talked about it on the show with with spay it just comes down to recruiting there's not going to be any anybody in this conversation that's not alabama ohio state georgia lsu oklahoma clemson nobody else is going to be in the debate like there's not yeah. going to be any name that gets up in there. The only other school that might be a fun little sleeper, I think, might be Notre Dame, just because of what they continue to do from a recruiting standpoint. And with the with the um, with the uh, playoff being what it is, it'll be interesting to me if they're incentivized to join a division, you know, and actually yep. uh, because of how the and get that have, buy. Yeah, yeah, getting a buy and being a, you know one of the early playoff teams. But they they've already got a bunch of players that have been producers for a long a long time. If Will Fuller ever stays healthy for a second, uh, Chase Claypool, a lot of people will want to get excited about him. Uh, but they've got a couple of fun names that are coming in. Even Kyron Williams, Ian Book, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Book, yes, yes, that's definitely going to happen. And when, plus, my dude uh, Tyler Buckner, when he comes that's in, right. he's going to be averaging like. Now. 400 fantasy points per season easy so uh so yeah that, that could be a fun one to talk about five years from now that's kind of a super sleeper but any other guys that you want to kind of talk, talk like just mention or sleeper universities for different positions like i think you had like one one or two on the so like show sheet that might change some things oh for- yeah i was just thinking like Ole miss right now has is kind of turning into like a a wide receiver like just uh, some of the guys they like obviously Elijah Moore, but you've got like DK Metcalf and um AJ Brown. So, you know, they're they're turning out some really, really exciting wide receivers. So like I'm curious what they'll look like in uh with Lane Kiffin running the show there now, uh throwing the ball all all over the field. Like they could become pretty exciting. Um and then yeah, and then some of the other guys like group of five I'm sorry, what was that? No, go for it. Oh, I was gonna say like some of the group of five schools that like you know, you and John were talking about how, you know, it's best to avoid group of five schools. But I was thinking about like a school like Memphis that's been able to produce some pretty exciting running backs. But um, so wondering if, you know, they, they might be like an exception. It's like, well, if he went to Memphis. So maybe it's a little bit of a different. Yeah. Um, just lo- looking forward, like when we're looking at our uh, prospecting models and stuff like that. But Old Miss was the big one that I was I'm curious to see what they can do um, in the next couple of years because they, they could make a pretty significant jump from a wide receiver yeah. spot. We probably had a couple people screaming at us for not 
you know, throwing their name in the hat with uh, wide receiver U just because A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, now Elijah Moore. Uh, so, yeah, they've been coming on strong, having a bunch of productive guys here uh, lately, but they've not been productive in terms of overall like, production for several years. Like, even if yeah. you look at, like, the last, you know, five years, it's it's not great. Like, they're 14th for wide receiver production. Like, if you zoom way in and, like, just look at the span in which we – uh, saw DK Metcalf and AJ Brown produce. Uh, they actually get up to 11th, you know, so yeah. they're getting there. But Elijah Moore, it, 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 that, that's the key. Getting two, yep. not not two, but like three really productive guys in the league for a long time. Then you start really climbing up the wide receiver U boards. But that's a great one. Uh, another yeah, one that fun. I think you actually had on the show sheet too. I do just want to mention North Carolina. Like, what do you think about their, their outlook to really climb the charts in the coming years? Yeah. I mean, their recruiting has been a lot better of late. Um, they've got some exciting players that are entering the NFL. I mean, they just put two running backs in with, with pretty good draft capital. I mean, Carter didn't go as high as maybe some of us were hoping, but he was still as far as the, the, the number of running backs that went before him was, was a very short list. Um, so I think, I think they could be really exciting too. You've got Sam Howell. Um, this may kid could be really, really good too. Um, if, if he pans out and yeah, I, I think they could be really exciting. I think they, they're definitely beginning to become a more relevant team than, than they had been for, for a while here. Seriously. Yeah. They're 30th since 20, since two, that year 2000, but they've never actually had fewer than 250 pan, fantasy points scored in a single season in the NFL. They never no, basically yeah. had a, a down, like really down season. A few years ago, they actually had 700, thanks to mostly uh, Gio Bernard. Uh, but having Javante Williams and Diami Brown come in, and then you got Sam Howell coming in next year as a potential top 10 pick, they could really start flying up the boards because if you look ahead of them, they've got four or five teams that are all within 1,500 fantasy points of them. So they could really rise yeah. into the QBU discussion if, if they continue to amp up their recruiting as well. That's definitely a dark horse to keep an eye on. But glad you glad you included those because I was going to definitely forget about that one because it's like they, they aren't obvious. Uh, you know, th- those are the ones that uh, we want to kind of predict the future on. I, I'd say North Carolina could be that program. They kind of right. really rises. Uh, and Ole Miss could be the same thanks to Lane Kiffin, especially if we see even some running backs start to hit or Matt Corral starts to hit. Uh, so, yeah, that, that could be a lot of fun just to see these programs continue to rise, but that's all the time we have for on NFL University on the College Again podcast. But anything else you want to plug that you're excited about? Anything you're working on upcoming, Stefan? Well, we uh, we're we're doing our uh, our podcast over with Rotoviz, of course. Uh, Matt and I doing uh, really focusing on the college side of stuff. So I've done a couple of educational ones where we just kind of break down what DFS is. We're going to talk about, um, we do a lot of betting on the show as well. So we're going to talk about key numbers coming up here pretty soon. Uh, but then also I'll be writing some more articles, uh, over at Rotoviz. Um, Travis and I are looking at doing some, some conference breakdowns and stuff like that from relevant players. So, uh, be looking for those in the upcoming weeks and months and, uh, yeah. Just plugging away, man. Right now, I'm watching a lot of soccer. So, <laughs> nice, awesome. Well, appreciate you coming on, and listeners. Uh, sorry, I took a little a week off there. I was actually on vacation with my lovely wife, uh, and we are expecting a child. So, uh, yes. took a little baby moon, and so really excited about that. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I look forward to you guys joining me for uh, many more episodes of the College to Canton podcast. Your bumper, your bumper.